0: All right, so we're back. Uh, for those who are catching the Saturday edition of been At Large Bid, it's
1: been so long.
0: Been so long. It's been so, so long. So long. Our producer told us that we went 30 minutes on that last segment, and I did not believe it. I didn't believe it. I thought we went five minutes. Yeah, five, I thought, five wait, to eight minutes. We hit everything. Tops, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so now we're gonna talk the my favorite sporting event of the year. I already know that we've had the the article. The has it lost its luster? It has not lost its luster. It to has me. not. No. So this is the crosstown shootout. This is Xavier. This is Cincinnati. There's so many memories in this game. Obviously, you played in this game. I looked at your notes. You have mentioned in your notes that you went yeah, three and one notes. in this game. Right on.
1: But three and one, it's pretty good. It's really good. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Jaron Cumberland's looking to go three and one this year in his.
1: Well, the, at Sentas, it's going to be it's tough. What Xavier won crazy. seven in a row at Cintas.
0: Yeah, and like I think so. The fans were a little dead for the Green Bay game last night. I think they were saving it for this game.
1: A- everyone's going to be obviously ramped up for the game on Saturday. It's my favorite game of the year, too. Best game of the year. And there's just something about it that, like, when UC comes into the Sintas, like, I get itchy. Like, I just get itchy. I get uncomfortable. I don't want them to be there, and I want to win by 50.
0: So let's talk about that, because I think so. (laughs) To me, Duke, North Carolina, I think, is the best rivalry in college basketball. I think Kentucky, Louisville is the most, like, passionate. Mm -hmm. But there's something about Xavier UC where... The fan base hates each other. You know, the schools are in the same city. They are two exits away from each other. Um, equipment managers are like bringing stuff out during warm ups and they're getting booed. Yeah. Last year, Travis Steele literally had the UC student sh- section chanting FU Travis at him as he walked on the court. And literally, he has not coached in this game yet until then. But I think just like the atmosphere is just something different. I have, this is my first time working as a media member, I've been in the crowd before. And when you're there, you just feel it. It's different. Yeah. There's just something about it.
1: Yeah, it's uh well, it, the history of it's interesting, too. Right. When you look at where Xavier has came from, I mean, Xavier was kind of the little brother in this rivalry. And when UC would come to town, it was their chance to take down Cincinnati. I mean, the, a marquee team, a high major team. And Xavier was working through the mid-major ranks at that time. And that's changed now, right? I yeah, mean, it you has. look at The last decade. Um, you know, really the last 15 to 20 years, Xavier's won more games in the rivalry.
0: I got to pull it up real quick. So my guy on Twitter, retired 52 uh, shouting out his uh, favorite player Two Holloway. He actually had the stats up today. I think it said Put 21 of the last 36. That's pretty good. Yeah, and I know it was like 12 of the last 15 for a bit there. Yeah. Really, it was like, and it started doing this thing where the home team was winning every year, starting with that Trayvon Blue game where he scored 40 at 5th-3rd, but the UC still won. Um, and then you know, obviously, the next year was the Mick Cronin versus J.P. Makira situation. See, and that's
1: where I wonder in this game, like, who do the Xavier fans end up hating? Like, who do they hate? Zach Harvey. You think? So, is he? Pl- he's not playing that much he right now, barely though, is plays,
0: He barely plays, but you know, he was this close.
1: Because I, I, as a Xavier guy, miss Mick Cronin thoroughly like I do, I, 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 do. I, I mean the hate that you know our fan base John. had for him was just it was perfect you it know? was great I mean Huggins it was an easy guy to hate too but like Cronin during the time I've been in Cincinnati and at Xavier like he was just such a fun guy not to like and I mean honestly I don't even know if the UC people like Cronin so it made it very easy for the Xavier people and then for UC they hated JP Makira I mean they hated Chris Mack too so now that you don't have Chris Mack, you don't have JP, you don't have Cronin, like, who is there to hate in this yeah, game? Yeah, there's
0: no care cancer for him who to is say, it? like, yeah. I don't know. Um, it's And really both coaches
1: are kind of cordial right now. We're like, yeah. Mick and Chris were not. You could tell there was whether well, they played it off, it felt like there was a dislike between the two of them at some level.
0: So take us a little bit through the week of Crosstown for you. Like, when you're a player and you're kind of going through, like, okay, so most, most of the time it's a Saturday. You have a game Tuesday or Wednesday that week. Yeah. And then, you know, it's like, how hard is it to focus on, in this situation, how hard is it to focus on Green Bay when, you know, on Saturday Cincinnati's coming to to town? I mean,
1: honestly, like, when you have a game on Tuesday or Wednesday, like, your focus is on that game. Like, as cliche as that is to say, like, if I'm putting myself back into that mindset, like, every moment, every practice, every possession, like, you're almost, like, you're just like forced to like buy into every moment and really focus on every game. So like, you know, Cincinnati's ahead. I mean, you know, the biggie season's ahead, you know, I mean, there's always future games to think about, but then as soon as that game is over and you know, you go in the locker room and we always uh, would post up like a blow up picture of the team, you know, the roster. And we'd go over it before the game, we'd rip it down after a win. And then, you know, for me it was coach Miller and coach Mack. I mean, they would come in with a smile on their face and like boys it's time to it's time to move on to that team a couple miles away and i mean it's just different and you could feel it and there's more of an excitement and my first memory of like being a part of the game was at uc in 2008 And, I mean, most of the time in college games, you have very late arriving crowds. It takes a while for people to get in the gym. Like, they might not show up till tip or, like, right at tip or four minutes after. Centos. Yeah. I mean, really anywhere, though, honestly. Like, I mean, anywhere you go, like, most crowds kind of arrive later. And when we went to UC and we came out of that tunnel with, you know, five minutes uh, on the clock before tip for warm-ups, I mean, the boos were piercing. People yelling at me individually. Like, it was... it was incredible like it was so cool and and, I mean that that in itself it's like all right I'm I'm in I'm in the rivalry I get it and it's like even as now uh, a former player you know I love Xavier and I go to a ton of Xavier games but there's something about when we play Cincinnati like I really like I want us to not just win that game like I want to I want to blow them out like I want to you want to embarrass your rival
0: yeah I mean that's what you want to do my favorite Xavier Cincinnati memory off the top of my head is our good friend Andy McWilliams' radio call. Yeah. Number one in the country, number two in the city. We t- I, Donnie Menke, who works with me, he talks about it all the time, and I, la- I always laugh about it. And, like, that is, like, Andy's, like, legacy is, like, that call. Yeah. And, like, Andy's so good at what he does. He's so entertaining. Yeah. Because he loves Xavier way too much. Yeah. As you know very well.
1: I know. I've worked with Andy for four years now yeah so like
0: but like that's like my that's my xavier uc moment that one in um obviously when the uc was number one yeah and uh, i think that was the kenyan year yeah and xavier beat him
1: i like how we're talking about all these good xavier moments you know your uc listeners aren't going to be too excited about this
0: look they just won by 18 last year in this game yeah they did and jaron cumberland couldn't miss in that game
1: yeah, and my last year they did they did beat us pretty good. And that, so that was disappointing. I mean, I have to bring up the fight game because I was a part of that game, and no one ever wants to talk about it. But I oh, mean, really? <laughs> everybody, I mean, everybody remembers the fight game. Like it always comes up. And when I'm not in Cincinnati, and I tell people that I played at Xavier, went to Xavier, they always ask me, "Was I a part of the fight?" And I always say. Yes and no, you know. I right. Didn't throw any punches. Listen, I was not going to be the guy getting punched by Yancy Gates. <laughs> that was not going to be me at all. My roommate Kenny Freeze got punched by him. I, yeah. I, listen, I wanted I wanna no part of that. But I like I was like in not in the melee because I was on the bench at the time. But I came. They had and I don't, like I wish they had footage of the ten minutes where after the fight was over. All the UC players got escorted to the locker room, a police escort, and and it was all the Xavier players after we had just won by 25 with all the emotion in that game. I mean, there was guys running up the stands. They were on press row. I mean, it was the craziest. I mean, to me, it felt like 10 minutes. It may have been 30 seconds. But like we went like every all the Xavier guys were all over the place. I mean it was a complete celebration and then there was all the fallout after. But in the moment as a player, you're like, this is freaking wild.
0: Well that and I think a lot of thing think a lot of people forget is they cut the clock with twenty two seconds. They're like right, they, they, right. they were like, You guys go. Yeah. Like, yeah. This
1: is out of hand. Well, it was all the it's seeing that's like the pettiness of this game is what I like. You know, yeah. like I enjoyed the pettiness of it. I mean the fight shouldn't have happened, but like the pettiness in um you know, the pregame talks where Sean Kilpatrick says Two Hollow Holloway wouldn't start on our team. I mean, that's ridiculous. Right. Obviously, but like that's the pettiness of rivalries is what makes this so fun. And I can't wait to, like I do a pregame show with Andy Mac Williams. I'm bringing in a, a black and red cat pinata. We'll also have a pin the tail on the donkey with your favorite Bearcat uh, <laughs> bear cat, players. We'll have a pin the tail on the Huggins, pin the tail on the Cronin. So uh, if you're at the game, like make sure you stop by and see me and Andy Mack.
0: So what's so funny is um, Adam Baum, shout out A.B., my guy. What's up, A.B.? He is uh, putting some tweets out today of all the former players that have confirmed they're going to be at the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, C.J. Anderson's going to be there. I think Darnell Williams is going to be there. Obviously, D. Davis is going to be there because he would never miss that game unless he's playing, like, in France or something. Right. Um, so it's neat. And obviously, Brad Radford will be there.
1: Yeah, thanks. I don't get a shout-out, Adam. At least yet I haven't. <laughs> That's because I'm always there. Yeah, it's we okay. expect you to be there. Yeah, I'm just always there.
0: Um, I think too when I look back at this game and how nuts, especially your four years, is how many talented people you played with and against in this game. So obviously Jordan Crawford is the one everyone remembers on the Xavier side. Yeah. You played against Lance Stevenson, uh, to Holloway, who is like Xavier's all-time favorite player for fans. Yeah. Um, so many guys that like yeah, come I mean, in and out the door. Even
1: like Cashmere Wright, Deontay Vaughn. I mean it Sean was Kilpatrick. Sean Kilpatrick. I mean just that, like during definitely during my stretch. Xavier and UC were both powerhouses yeah. during that stretch. I mean, so it, w- it was a really good time where you had two teams that were both, you know, playing at a high, high level. I mean, I mean the majority of the time I felt like it was top 15, top 20 teams every single year. Uh, but, I mean, the home team has the advantage, right? I mean, every year. And I, I think looking at this year, and I don't want to get too far ahead, but for me, when I look at Xavier, I just think they're further ahead right now. I think I defensively they they at least have an identity. And I know Travis hasn't loved the way they looked the last couple of games, the way they defended against Green Bay and maybe Lipscomb at times in Florida. But, like like – they're still defending pretty well. Yeah, offensively is a different story. Like right now,
0: I have it up. Ken Palm has them as 21st in the country in defense efficiency. Like,
1: and they played good teams. Like it's not like they played against low-major teams, right? For the first month.
0: I mean, the Connecticut game, like we talked about earlier, is just this insane game that they had to like pull out. They played Missouri. They beat them at home. You know, they're beating Power Five schools. And like, they,
1: have, they have a grittiness. They have a toughness that they did not have. For you a one time. Year, you know, and but all right, I want to know your take on UC because I've only watched I watched UC play Ohio State. Obviously Ohio State's very good and it was on So it was I mean, I didn't expect them to go to Columbus and win. But where I mean, where are they right now? I
0: think they're a bit away, and that's sad because look, when you look at the team from last year this year, they lost Justin Jennifer and like a few other nice, Nice obviously Nasir Brooks, they're a big guy. He went, he transferred to Miami. Um, I thought Jaron Cumberland would just take this big step in a John Brandon offense because you and I saw it for years and just like his best player always had actions for him and they run Jaron at the point at times and it just it doesn't feel like it fits really well um, Keith Williams really has been their best player this year to me like every game that I've covered for them Keith Williams has been the guy that stood out the most they haven't lost at home um, They're you know like I said they lost in Columbus they lost the Bowling Green the Virgin Islands and they're not very deep, and that's what worries me in this game. So Chris McNeils, their starting point guard, he's played at four, three, a few different schools. I don't know if I trust him in this game as a one-timer against like a Paul Scroggs or a Quentin Gooden because those guys have played in this game before. Those guys know that atmosphere. Um, truthfully, I think Mike Adams-Woods, their freshman point guard, might be the best guard on the team. Really? Um, and he doesn't play a whole lot. Sorry, UC fans, it's not a hot take. I really do think Mike is, Mike is the future of that program. I still think Zach Harvey's is going to be really good for them, just not right now. Um, he just checked into the game the other night with like ten minutes to go in the second half. He did not play the whole game. But they don't really shoot well, and I thought they would, especially getting Javen Cumberland. So, so for UC to go
1: into Saintas and get the win on Saturday, shoot the lights out, everybody, or Cumberland and Keith Williams, like, what does it look like?
0: One, what are we getting from Jaron Cumberland? Is he going to play? I expect he will. You know. I don't think he's going to miss his last game. His fact that he could leave out there and have a winning record in his career against Xavier, I think he's going to go out there. Um, But that matchup's going to be interesting because you know Trev's going to throw Najee Marshall on him. Like That's that's the matchup of the game right there, those two. Um, But they're going to need big steps from Javon Cumberland, Jaren's cousin, who we saw at Oakland for a little while. Javon Cumberland and Kendrick Nunn were on the same college basketball team and they didn't win. That is just, blows that my is mind, odd, isn't it? Yeah, blows my mind.
1: Um, and and uh, Oakland had a big guy, too. David Hill-Mays. Uh, uh, didn't they have Brian Brechting, too?
0: Yeah. How did they lose with I that I don't group? know. No, I, I literally don't know. Well,
1: it's because they don't defend at all. No, no. That's why, right? Greg
0: Campy is not about that defensive man, that team,
1: you're right. That team was loaded. Yeah. Are we sure? Yeah, no, you're right. absolutely right.
0: Yeah, so I don't know, man. I think like for them to go into Cintas, they're going to need to shoot their best game of the year. Uh, they played really well offensively against Vermont. Um, they and they took Anthony Lamb out of the game, mm-hmm. um, who Anthony Lamb is a second round NBA draft pick. If you for like a lot of people see right now, um, but I don't really know. Like the offense just doesn't seem like it's in sync. They don't shoot very well, um, and Keith Williams is kind of the guy that always has to be the spark for them. So mm-hmm. they played UNLV. They were down eight at half. Keith Williams makes this huge, huge like six seven minute run where he gets them back and gets them to like the lead. They blow the lead with 10 minutes to go, and they go to overtime, and it's Keith Williams again. Like, it hasn't been Jaron Cumberland for them, and that worries me. And then, look, UC fans, I know you're really excited about Chris Vogt and how well he's played for you guys so far, and I get it. You've seen the offensive strides, but you and I have watched him play now for three years. We've covered his career at Northern. We see where he's at now, and I love that he's playing at UC. I love that he's there. I love he's getting this chance. But when he plays someone that's more physical than him, he struggles still. And that, like, he was on the bench at Northern, one, because he played against behind Drew McDonald, but two, when they needed to be physical, he never did. Well, and
1: that's why. I mean, you look at Chris Vogt going up against Tyreek Jones. Who is
0: Mr. Physical.
1: I mean, Tyreek Jones is one of the most physical big guys in the country. I just feel like it's a tough matchup. I mean, we saw what happened at Ohio State. You know, Chris got into foul trouble, kind of struggled.
0: Played 13 minutes before he
1: fouled out. I mean and it's gonna be interesting to see early on how that matchup goes down. I mean, are, are you gonna double? You know, is UC gonna to have to double on Tyreek so that he doesn't get in foul trouble? Are they gonna try in front and then use backside help? But I mean there's you can't leave at the beginning of the game Tyreek Jones and Chris Vogt in a one on one situation. Chris Vot's gonna follow him every time. They're gonna bring
0: Trey Scott over a lot. Yeah. Like Trey Scott's kind of their energy guy on top of that. I love Trey Scott's game. Well, that's just
1: that, that matchup, that's the one where it just feels like Xavier has a huge advantage. I mean, when you, when you look at maybe a Jason Carter versus a Trey Scott or a Najee versus a Cumberland or a Scruggs versus a Keith Williams, like you could kind of see those going either way. Yeah. But with Tyreek Jones on the block, rebounding, his physicality, it just feels like that matchup is such an advantage for Xavier.
0: I agree. And I, I will also give them the Quentin Gooden versus Chris McNeil advantage. Um, obviously, there's one thing to say about a senior point guard. Playing in this game that he's mm. played in now for his fourth time, I know they haven't gotten what they wanted from Q yet, but Quentin Gooden will show up for this game. I have no doubt in my mind Quentin Gooden will be ready for this game. Yeah, and he just needs to not
1: feel like he has to do it all. Yeah, and I think when when you're a senior and you know it's your last go around, like you want to be you want to be the guy. Like right. he, Like, and I think Quentin's playing right now as a guy that wants to be 15 points a game, five assists, and like. I think right now it's like if he averages five points a game and ten assists, I mean, that that will make Xavier so much better. And then when you get Kiki Tandy a couple weeks from now. Oh, my now, God, he's electric. Offensively, he's going to be great. But for
0: this team this year. They did geez. say he is going to play, by the way. He is? Yeah, Good. so this, the stitches weren't a problem.
1: Good. But it was gross. So I didn't see it. You were right there. I, know he I got was, banged actually, I was up there. a
0: little bit. But um, he uh, his tooth went through his lip. Damn. Ugh. Gross.
1: It's brutal. Not my thing. Yeah. Not good at all, man.
0: Yeah, but that's another thing too, is like the bench of this team. So Bryce Moore, who mm-hmm. has been excellent as a grad transfer for this team. I mean, we I, I know I've mentioned it already three or four times. He was the guy when the game was on the line against Connect um Ooh, obviously, Fremantle. Gosh. Fremantle is nothing but energy. He just nonstop. Like, there was a the play where he blocks a shot in the, in the against UConn and then comes down the court with Paul, and Paul feeds him the bounce pass, and he gets the layup, like, and in this one span. It's like, holy hell. Yeah. That kid's jersey
1: strong for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I heard Travis in the press conference saying that he, this might be the best freshman big Xavier's ever had. Mm. And I'm trying to look – like, I was trying to think about it. In terms of a true freshman coming in and impacting the game, What yeah, like Fremantle's doing right now. I mean, it's – what he's doing is unprecedented for a big coming into Xavier and playing.
0: How close would you say he is right now to where Kenny Free was at this time? Much different players, but I mean... Um, I think it's the 32 of them just making yeah, me wonder. I, I, they're just so
1: much different because Kenny was bigger, uh, you know, not as quick, but more of a, you know, more of a traditional center, uh, back to the basket, you know, more of that. Kenny always had great vision, was a really good passer out of the block. But Fremantle is, is just more shots. athleticism. I mean, I think he'll be able to step out to three-point land. He almost is like a – he's a hybrid four or five, really. So very different players.
0: Yeah. I, uh So in the aforementioned – I think it was the Towson game. He literally, like, has this play down the stretch where someone's, like, going for a layup, and he blocks his shots, and the guy – the blocks the shot, and the guy falls, and he stands over him and gives him the – I was like yeah, – yeah. All right, young man.
1: Yeah, he's got a. Um, he's got chip. Yeah, he's got a chip on his shoulder, uh, for sure.
0: Yeah, and then of course, like we mentioned earlier, Kiki Tandy, who has played two games so far, and there's something about look. Like, the first game, he didn't shoot all that well. He made his first shot as a long three from the from the from the logo. Yep. Um, and then yesterday against Green Bay, he comes off. He gets gives him ten points off the bench. But even so, like there's something about his energy when he comes in a game, and like you just feel it in Sentos. Like. Well, he's crazy. already become my favorite player. Yeah.
1: Which is, I mean, and he's only played in two games. He had five points in game one, and he had 10 points the other night. Yeah. But, like, you're right. When he gets in the game, there's, like, an energy in that building that's, like, it's pretty special. Yeah. And not, I, I mean, not every team has that. No, not at all. And, and that's a weapon. I mean, when you, especially at home, because when the crowd sees him come in the game and put up a shot, well, one, it actually looks like it's going to go in the like fast yeah where like when you watch Xavier's other players from the perimeter and that's a huge downfall for this team Is like when I watch Najee Quentin Paul Paul maybe not as much but I see those guys shoot from three it just doesn't look like it's gonna go in right Kiki shoots the ball if he goes one for five one for seven every time he shoots it looks like it's going in
0: yeah and lately it feels like it has yeah and you know like I know Xavier's shooting struggles are something a lot of people are bringing up so far um in practice, it's not like that. I mean, they're, they're not hitting everything in practice, but mm-hmm. they're not going out and shooting, like, four for 22 from three. Yeah. And so I think that is where UC's got to – like, I think UC's a better shooting team. I think Xavier's a better all-around team. hmm So, you know, obviously it's what are you getting from Jaren Cumberland? How is Javen Cumberland helping you? And who else is shooting to help you guys win? Because Keith Williams shoots in bunches. If he's yep. not hitting a shot, it's not a good day. Yeah. Uh, Zach Harvey has not found a shot yet at the college level. So I don't know how much John's going to trust him in this game, um, and they're really starting to play a lot more inside-outside. They're really big on post possessions, and very similar to Xavier actually. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if at some point, because they, they know that Xavier's three points aren't falling yet, if they're just going to play a pack line defense and say like, "All right, good luck."
1: I think that's your your the best scheme to beat Xavier right now. Yeah, you have to. I think pack line. Packing it in is, is your best go. I mean, he, the only guy you really have to stretch past the three-point line would be Tandy, but I don't see him playing more than 15 minutes in this game. I, just, I don't either. I just don't. I mean, he's, he's not ready for that yet. When you were
0: around Travis, you know how, like, he trusts, like, freshman young guys. It's not like it's a knife thing he uses all the time. And yeah. His big freshmen from last year yeah. aren't here anymore. You know what I mean? So.
1: UC is going to want this to be – what's weird is both teams almost want it to be a slugfest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you just wonder if UC will be able to do enough on the offensive end because I really think Xavier can suffocate them in a the half court. I do too. Yeah. I do.
0: Xavier's defense is just too physical. Like we've said already, they are in your like space. Mm-hmm. Your bubble is existent when you play Xavier, especially on the on the offensive side of the ball. They're going to get past you. And Tyreek Jones is going to out-rebound you. He doesn't yeah. care how tall you are. Yeah, You can have Trey Scott out there. And we,
1: we haven't even talked about the best part of the game. In fact, that's 5 o'clock.
0: Oh, my God. I know, right? So you
1: have to work a little bit more uh, during the game than what I do, but, I mean.
0: But it'll be great because I'll, I'll get the arena like, 3. Yeah. I'll be done by, like, 8.30. I'll write my story and be done by, like, 10. I'll do a minute recap on 48 Minutes' YouTube channel.
1: Yeah. I'll be at Dana's um, probably early, and then I'll have to meet Andy Mack about four o'clock and do a pregame show so i'll have to limit uh some of my drinking until unfortunately right but yeah it is what it is when i do it i'm covering northern kentucky sunday so yeah but it's not till seven o'clock so i got we got time i got plenty of time
0: all right so who wins how do they win who's the player of the game
1: so xavier uc on saturday five o'clock I have the Xavier Musketeers winning by a score of 70-57. to 57. And I think Paul Scruggs is your player of the game. Um, I, I think Paul will ha- find the matchups that he's looking for and continue to assert himself as... What I think is uh, probably Xavier's most important player, so I think he'll kind of continue to cement that. So how's that? Seventy, what did I say? Seventy fifty-seven. I gotta remember that because I gotta say it again later on.
0: So to make my prediction real quick, I just need you to hold this real quick.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: zip him up. There we go. I like that. Xavier wins this one. I'm close to you. I had it 74-58. to 58. Okay. Alright. Um, I just think when it comes down to it, I don't see how Chris Vogue can be effective in this game with Tyreek Jones, with Zach Fremantle. His short shot, when he takes it from his hip and brings it up, Fremantle's going to knock that out. I think Jason Carter's going to be better in this game than he's been the last few games. So, I'm going to take the Muskies. I think they'll be 9-1. and one. And I am with you. I think Paul Scruggs is going to have one of his, like, Put your head down. Get to the rim games where no yep. one's going to be able to stop them. And I just think when they, like, put their guards against them, they're smaller, and that's going to hurt them. And also, like, yeah. I'm so excited, though, about Jaron Coleman versus Najee Marshall because I know Jaron hasn't played his best basketball yet. And as a basketball fan, I think he very well could start that this game.
1: Yep. Hey, well, I like the way that you're talking. And if Xavier pulls that out and Scruggs plays the way that I think, think he can, it should be a fun Saturday for, for Xavier Nation.
0: Absolutely. So, Alex, do we have any questions or anything? Uh, we've, we've got. Um yes, we've got one two part question. Oh, oh great. great! All right, yeah. So, um, your uh, best game against UC, and the worst thing that a UC fan or player ever said to you <laughs> during the rivalry. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm interested in this one.
1: Yeah. Okay. Best game would be sophomore year. At home in the double – no, no, not that game. That was double overtime. Yeah, the double overtime game. I think it was that game. No, no, I'm sorry. It was actually probably the year – my redshirt junior year because I had sat out from an ACL injury the year before, and um, I was still trying to get my legs under me, but I I came into the game and I I made a couple shots early on in the first half, and that was – I remember a big moment for me getting back into the swing of things after not playing all year. And then getting the opportunity to get in the game, make a couple shots, uh, and then winning the game. I think we won that game by a pretty decent amount. That was it. That was a good moment for me. So I'll I'll take that one. And then as far as the worst thing anybody ever said to me in a UC uh, from the fan base – I don't know. Kevin Huber sat in the front row at, at a couple <laughs> of the games, and he talked a lot of shit. Uh, I don't remember anything exactly. As in Bengals punter Kevin Huber? Yeah, the uh, Kevin Huber, and I like Kevin, but yeah, I rem- actually what's funny is I, Kevin, I remember, was talking a lot of shit in the game uh, when I was a freshman, and then the game at the neutral site at U.S. Bank Arena, and then I met Kevin after through a mutual friend, and I was like, hey, you talked a lot of shit to me at U.S. Bank Arena. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what Kevin said. Uh, probably something along the lines of that I look like I'm 10 years old and that, uh, that my skin complexion is along the lines of Casper the Ghost. Uh, <laughs> but that's, that's, <laughs> <those are laughs> that's what I remember. So Kevin Huber talking shit to me. How's that?
0: That's awesome. <laughs> well, hey, man, uh, before we get out of here and we wrap this up, Good chance to shout out Be Different. You guys did like the yeah, some yeah. really cool stuff this year.
1: Yeah, definitely uh, check out the podcast that I run along with Nick Given and Greg Wichard. It's called the Be Different Podcast, B-E-D-F-R-N-T. Uh, we like to get people to watch us on YouTube. So, and we've kind of changed it. We started to be different, kind of focused on basketball. And now we've kind of decided we're, we're just focusing on more Cincinnati influencers and uh, trying to just have conversations with people that are in, And we're really trying to get subscribers. So, oh, I know to, how that if goes you Go to YouTube and you subscribe. It's huge. And then uh, if you go to Apple podcasts on there, any five-star rating and a comment, like, and I tell you say it and it's like, it just means a lot to it have, have a people time. go on. And you have just no idea. So, and, and supporting your local people. I mean, there's so many um, you know, national brands and national shows people watch. Uh, but that's something we want to do with Be Different is really support local and the people here that are doing really cool stuff. Um, like, even when I looked at the musicians, it was like, we've had some incredible talent on there. Yeah. And they're playing every week in the area. So... Uh, you know support your people here whether it's a friend or a brother or um, you know someone that you heard about in the area just you know go support them and and uh, it means a lot to people that are doing it here
0: yes absolutely especially 48 minutes basketball network we love all the subscriptions and reviews and stuff and also shout out to digital report productions shout out to alex and gary for always being willing to do this with me and get to put a show on so it means a lot to us but we're gonna wrap this up thank you all for tuning in uh brad always a pleasure to have you on man so Uh, We're excited for Saturday, best day of the year. Absolutely. Zip them up.